This is a sinister minister, Father James Mitchell, and you are listening to Aaron, Nate, and Chad on the Reliving the Extreme podcast. Make sure you smash the like button and share, or you will burn in hell. <laughs> This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are going back to January the 25th, 1993, the episode of ECW Television from that date and that time. Nate Maxson here with you along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And ECW's Chad Austin. Viva la loca. (laughs) And uh, this week we are going to be featuring lots of Pat Tanaka on this week's episode. And... The Pat, Pat's not going to watch a lot of this show, <laughs> and the uh, I, I think the trying to transition Tommy Dreamer begins during this episode of ECW. Um, Good job, Nick. Good job. That's uh, definitely going down. Um, we'll get to it later, but the robe is still here for now. <laughs> but anyway, um, I know before we started this week, Chad, you wanted to mention you lost a friend this week. Yeah, man, I I lost a friend that nobody met. Nobody messaged me about it. You know, maybe because I, I'm not a, I'm not on on online as much. But my buddy Mike Demuzio, who um, I'm sure if any of you guys out here that listen to this show that know me, know that you know that Mike Demuzio was a great independent referee, and he lost his battle to cancer at 63 mm-hmm. years old. And I just want Mike to know that I thought he was a terrible referee. <laughs> but I would completely have him referee my match anytime I had the opportunity to, because I know I can make a fool out of him. And God rest his soul. I love you, Mike. Cancer sucks. It does. It really does. But I just want to let you uh, say your piece there. I know. Is that is that what Paul Wondor's going through? It, uh, is it? It seemed more like Alzheimer's or something to me. From, I, yeah, from I don't know what that video. is. It seems like it's, it's it's multiple stuff. It's really sad and really unfortunate. And a recent episode of We Can't Wrestle podcast, we talked about the big event from 86. And um, I don't think that, and it's it's obviously it's WWE and it's their narrative and, and it's, it's their vision or whatever. Or you know what I'm saying? They create their history. They do not give Orndorff the credit for the fucking draw he was with Hogan and, back and, in 86. And the, re- the reason they don't is because he told him to fuck off, basically. Like I said on that big event deal, like he's the one guy that, I mean, I know he went back for the Hall of Fame, but he was the one guy that just said, fuck you. I don't want to deal with Vince and your shit and left. And he never fucking went back. You know what I mean? He was never like, oh, I, I, I need the money or I need this or I need that. He just was like, fuck it. I don't, I don't want their money. You're right. He, he, he came from that era, and I don't know if you're recording this, but he, mm-hmm. he he came from that era where literally he could walk away from, like, you know, presumably big money. You know, mm-hmm. he, didn't, he didn't have any idea what big money was in the WWE, but he, he already had a good, he had a good thing going, you know? Right. And he could have just walked away and just said, I don't fucking need to deal with this. And, and and literally, you know how bad he was. Yeah, it wasn't like he, it, it wasn't like they were gonna get some guy out there like the iron fucking cheap to stretch him. You know, like go out there and stretch Paul Undorf. Oh, Mister Wonderful! Oh no, no, I can't do it. <laughs> like Sal Blomo. Yeah, fuck that. I ain't doing it. <laughs> Well, I, I, I contest that. He beat up Vader in shower shoes. Like, how <laughs> impressive is that? <laughs> Bobby Heenan said Vader got beat up in shower shoes that sound like old people clapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit. 
not in tremendous. <laughs> and and I can I I can test and I know I think my my favorite and, and we'll get to ECW folks we promise. But <laughs> my favorite probably my favorite rivalry for Hogan in his in his eighties run of the WWF is with Savage. But my favorite matches. I think Orndorff got the best ma- best matches out of Hogan mm. in that time. My my personal opinion. I, I, I enjoy their matches a lot. Um, he made Hogan work to him, you know. Oh, because he's used to that Georgia 15-minute style. Mm-hmm. Get, get all your shit in. Dude, get it in. Get it in. <laughs> get it. It's going to be snug. Oh, yeah, clearly. Oh, yeah. The only person that I think that um made Hogan work more was probably David Schultz. No, he, he well, yeah, that's true. That's true. But he, but he didn't have as many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like Orndorff worked with him around the horn, right? You know, you know, pick a city. You know, when mm-hmm. when when, the, when you see a guy telling you, "Oh, I'd be in San Francisco one night. I'd be in whatever one night." That's true, and, and you you can see where that was true when it comes to a guy like Orndorff. Mm-hmm. And the matches were believable, you know, and you believe that he could beat him up. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Cl- clearly he could, but you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. But yeah, it's sad to see sad to see Orndorf in, in that shape. But um just nice to remember remember the good old days. Um and then and then after he did tell the WWE to go after themselves after the Hall of Fame, he grew a cool ass ha- handlebar mustache too. Good yeah, for you, true. Mr. Wonder. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here we go. We'll get we'll get to the point here on the Reliving the Extreme podcast. And the point is January 25th, 1993, ECW TV. Um, we start the show off, of course, with Joey Styles, an intro in the Eagle's Nest, talking about hey, hey, Todd's back room of Golden Pond or whatever the fuck he called his pawn shop. <laughs> Gold, golden Pond? Yeah. On, on Golden Pond. On Golden Pond. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it's called? Cut, deep cut. <laughs> I don't know. You guys go ahead. I thought he said he caught his pawn shop on Golden Pond. Uh, Joey talks about the upcoming event, February fifth, with the triple threat match. Of course, coming up as we alluded to last week, Terry Funk, Shane Douglas, and Sabu, and our friend Jay Sully is still here, and he is in the uh, locker room. The whatever he is interviewing Public Enemy. Here in this segment, and did you notice uh, that, did you notice that, that uh, Joey Styles called him his colleague? Yeah, my colleague Jay Sully. And I thought he was and... gone. I, I always thought he threw up in his mouth. <laughs> my, <laughs> I have to say it by going, my my colleague. Yeah, let's go, yeah. Hey, let, let's totally. go over to this putz. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, my 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 result was, oh my god, they they did a shocker result. A shocker recap, I mean, of what happened last week. Mm-hmm. Does that <laughs> never happen? And then, and then, what, what I want to know is when you're dealing with the public enemy, and he's talking about he had to move a big screen TV somewhere. How how big was this big screen TV? Yeah, this how is ni- this is ninety three. This is yes. like big ass <laughs> tube TVs. Jesus yes. Christ! <laughs> it turns out Johnny Crunch think he'd be in better shape. Yeah, <laughs> if he's moving TVs around. Turn out, turns out Johnny Grunge is as strong as Ted Arcidi, I guess, here. But, yeah, I thought about that, too. I'm like, it's not like it was a flat screen. These yeah, are the- <laughs> I, 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 was, I was watching it going, he had to move it all the way across town, he said, to, to Rocco. He had to move it 11 blocks. I'm thinking, <laughs> maybe, maybe it was one of those deals that was on wheels. Well, that's what I'm <laughs> but he still had to hit the button so he could cross the street without the cars coming. You know, so he's still standing out there like a putt. He's got a big screen TV out there, and he's got to hit the button so those things can just walk. Yeah, he's pushing a big screen TV across the street. Oh, Rocco! Uh, dude, that that that's that's that that's a theme that's going to come up later on on this show because you guys don't know it's an inside joke. Old Rocco became a theme in the ECW locker room. Oh, and there was there was old Rocco. It was oh Johnny? Oh, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that was that was the theme in the ECW locker room towards the end of their run. The um the interview essentially is public enemy. It's it took the interview took place last week, telling the public enemy that their match on television was going to be postponed 
They were still going to have their match, Jay's telling them. The match is postponed because the main event went long. Um, and then Todd Gordon comes in the scene again. Oh, yeah. Todd Gordon. He smacked Sully. They smacked him around. Yeah. <laughs> he, des- he deserved it. <laughs> just but for what? being there. What? Just, for, lo- just for looking like that. Um. Eric <laughs> <laughs> says he deserved it. And then Nate, you just said, yeah, just looking like that. <laughs> like, uh, I'm the only one. <laughs> I'm the only one going. Am I the only one look, looking at this without, like, just without, like, trying to, like, beat somebody up on it? <laughs> he like, he Aaron, deserves it, though. Aaron and Nate are already beating the guy up on back of a, of a bar. <laughs> and, and I'm just going, yeah, he looks like he just doesn't belong there. <laughs> a little, little, little out of place. <laughs> you guys are stomping a muddle. <laughs> Let's go over to Jay Out of Place Sully. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. That's his new name now. Todd Gordon arrives, always going through puberty with his voice. Um, and uh, Rocco puts Todd against the wall, or against the door, I'm sorry, against the door. Todd uh, mentions calling the police, and of course... The story changes with the public enemy now. Oh, don't call the popo. Oh, no. That, this that, brutal. I mean, that's where I'm telling you, you guys don't know how that came into play so often <laughs> in, in them days. When um, shit would happen at the, at the um, oh, my God, what's that place called? The uh, hotel. And. And shit would happen, and then you would always just hear, Johnny, you always get me in trouble. And it, and it wouldn't even be, it wouldn't even be Rocco or Johnny. It would just be like, it would be like Gary and Anthony, <laughs> you know? Or it'd be somebody else just doing, oh, you mm-hmm. always get me in trouble. Oh, man. <laughs> the, that, this whole entire promo became a staple to the mm-hmm. Travel Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> at, at that time, it became a promo. Just, just tell anybody that you're Rocco and Johnny, and you're fine. The dead hooker, and somebody be like, "Oh, Johnny." <laughs> yeah, that, that that's what that's exactly what it is. Like, I mean, because you know, I mean, clearly, I mean, I don't know for a hundred percent. I don't know for a hundred percent that there wasn't drug overdoses there, but I'm sure there was. But it had to be, oh, Johnny. <laughs> like you know, and be like because you you used to saying it when you had a whore in, that, in the room, you know what I mean? It was one of the things you just used to say. The um, and we'll get to it. I guess it's good late. It's, it's more later on during the promo they cut later. But I do want to bring it up now. I guess just because we're talking about the promo, um, I don't. I never was a fan of the oh John that this whole deal. I do like Rocco when he gets intense though. When it when he changes into the intense promo, I am a fan of that. Oh, you mean when he does the old when he stares in, in the camera and he don't do the old Johnny? Yeah, yeah. When he he kind of yeah. it's kind of like a bipolar thing. Like I really enjoy his, pr- but the, this this clown their clowning stuff always annoyed me. I don't know why it just does. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I I gotta I, I gotta be honest. For nineteen ninety four, it didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I thought that, like, for 1994, that's what, that was good, I thought, you know? Right. I mean, but now that, if you look at it, you know, thir- almost 30 years later, and you look at it and you go, yeah, I, I, get, what you- I get what you're saying, Nate. But, you know, but I- at the time when he's going, you know, I might I might want to steal your big screen TV, but I'm going to rip your head off. Right. At least, <laughs> you know, I understand what you're saying. But for 94, all right, I'll give him a pay. Aaron? I agree. I just always kind of found it somewhat annoying, but when Rocco or Johnny would go into like serious mode, it was, it was enjoyable. And they eventually, when they got to like WCW or whatever, they just kind of started phoning it in. But I mean, Oh, oh. <laughs> it, 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 it's almost like people forgot that it was wrestling. It's still wrestling. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, these mm-hmm. two motherfuckers aren't fucking really doing stealing cars and shit. <laughs> I mean, it's the game. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. So it just let them do their thing, and if you buy into it, you buy into it. And mm-hmm. I think, I mean, clearly people bought into it, 
elite for a couple of years. The public enemy now rolls into a match here, or we actually see the match from last from last week. It's the public enemy against Don E. Allen and Dwayne Gill. Stiff competition. <laughs> is it is it just because we've been watching um, like YouTube shows lately and not the WWE Network that the lighting and the camera seem better in this show to me? Or did it no. actually get better? No, I thought it was worse. Oh, really? See, I yeah. thought it seemed it seemed brighter to me. I don't know. It just it just seemed more clear to me. And I didn't know if that was just because before we were watching like somebody's video, and this is WWE version, so it's been cleaned up. Or no, I I do remember this. I do remember this emphatically because it was it was Dwayne. That um, I do remember that Paul was working with a different production company. Mm-hmm. So, it, they, they, but but he still had like all the other like whatever lights and all that shit. But it, it, it was it, he was doing their take of it, and I do remember it going. This looks completely different than it used to look because it was way lighter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I wasn't sure if it was just because of the if it was just the video, like of what we've been watching, as compared to watching it maybe no. a cleaned up version here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it was somebody else. It was somebody else lighting it, and I, I, I just loved that it was. I loved that it was Dwayne Gill, and I literally walked away to get a beer, and come back and I hear whatever the fuck the guy's name is beating the shit out of Dwayne Gill, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, Gilbert! <laughs> I mean, you see that slingshot Gilbert took into the ring? Dude, Gilbert's the best. And he was standing outside and fucking uh, Rocco ricochets him into the ring with a rope or whatever. He fucking, he got over halfway across the fucking ring. It was fantastic. I, I mean, Gilbert, oh my God. It, he, like, he, he, he's somebody that I've known way, be, way longer than I even been in the business. Hmm. And when I, I gave him the opportunity to go up there, uh, did, did we already talk about this where I told you that he said, no, that's not for me. Yeah. And because, you know, the, the fucking Harris boys beat the shit out of him and Bob. And there was no reason to beat the shit out of him and Bob. Mm-hmm. And they just did it. And, and Dwayne just said, no, it's not for me. And then he became Gilbert. And then the Harris brothers became unemployed. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. And I, I was just like, wow, that was great. Like, um, you know, uh, Dwayne did a great job, and there's no doubt that Paulie would have had um would have had Dwayne back, right? I mean, mm-hmm. right. You saw what he, you, you saw his body of work for being a job guy. If you if you want a guy to make your up and coming guys or your your you if you want a guy to make your stars look more like stars than they already are, Dwayne Gill's one of those guys you want, right? And it might cost you a couple bucks, mm-hmm. but it's probably worth it. Yep. <laughs> Aaron, anything well, on this? Anything else on this match? I guess in the match, Joey says, "Oh, the public enemy is being more aggressive because their match got postponed." And then he's like, "Oh, wait, never mind. This was taped last week." <laughs> he said, "I didn't even. I didn't even catch that." He literally says, "The public enemy is being more aggressive in this match because their 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 match got postponed." Oh wait, no, it didn't because it was taped last week. I don't know what's going on. No way. I got I I got I got to go back and hear that because I did hear him say that they're getting more aggressive because their match was postponed last week. But I didn't know I didn't know that they were saying that that match was I, I did I didn't even catch that either. Good catch, Aaron. That was that's funny. Way to go, eh? <laughs> Good God. And of course, this match, Public Enemy, goes over a good squash match here. And uh, anything else we I want to talk it. about? Yeah, yeah, it was effective. It was it did everything it needed to do. And they they introduced a new graphic that you never saw later on again. Did you notice that, Nate? I did not. They introduced a new graphic for uh, Todd, like a new um, the lettering. Oh no, I didn't even catch that. Oh yeah, for his name, it, it was almost reminiscent from the. Um, the, the sci-fi or TNA days, mm-hmm. but I I looked at it and I went, oh look at this! I got a new fucking graphic for Todd. Nobody else but Todd. Um, Todd Gordon and Jay Sully are back, making a Todd Gordon's making a ruling because he's gone to the I don't know 
they, they, I don't know what they, they don't know what they want to call it. The NWA board of directors or board of commissioners or the ECW board of commissioners or the Eastern NWA board of something or other. But he went to the, he went to the committee and, uh, on the public enemy is going to be facing the bruise brothers on February 5th. No rules. What's that here? That'll suck. Uh, This is where I said, Ted Petty goes into the, the more intense promo. This was the kind of the, what I was talking about. Yeah, but I, but I think you're missing out on the on the on the big thing that happened right there. There was something that happened right there that was noticeable, and I don't think you guys caught on to it. Right, right around where Public Enemy comes in and he's talking to and, and he's talking to Todd. Right, mm-hmm. he says it's not a pre- bad promo, and then all of a sudden Jake from State Farm pops in and he's talking about a discount promo, and I'm going. Wait a minute, Jake from State Farm? Did, <laughs> did you guys get the same exact feed that I got? No, did sir. You get Jake from State Farm too? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I did, and I was like, yeah, wait, go get him. Wait a minute, Jake from State Farm. <laughs> you, must have pe- you must have Peacock with ads. <laughs> I mean, he don't work here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting there listening to Public Enemy talk about how bad they are. All of a sudden, I hear Jake from State Farm. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Fuck yeah, he'll fuck you up. And you know he's insured. Fuck yeah. I mean, what are you going to do, hurt him? (laughs) Up next here, we have Tommy Dreamer versus a masked man by the name of Dr. Disaster. And this is what I was... Oh, go ahead, Aaron. No, I was going to say, uh, at the beginning of this match, Joey says um, Dr. Disaster is going up against Tommy Dreamer, and Dr. Disaster could... uh, win this match because uh, Chad Austin won last week. And if Chad Austin won a match, anything can happen in the ECW. Oh, come, come on. It's basically what he said. Well, I mean, you have to accentuate it. Oh, if Chad Austin can do it, then anybody can. Well, I guess that's not what he meant. It's what he said, though. You know what he meant? If you, if you dream the impossible. <laughs> That's what he meant. He didn't really mean that. <laughs> Come on, Aaron. You're making a fool out of me. In front of Archie. <laughs> All right. Tommy Dreamer and <laughs> Dr. Disaster here. Tommy's still got the robe on. He gets caught in the ropes. He didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> when he tried to do his thing. He got kind of hung up in the ropes with his flowing robe. <laughs> Well, honestly, this was the beginning of Hagmar because that guy was Hagmar's. Okay. And I, I, and when um, I'm I'm sorry, Nate, did I cut you off? No, no, no. I was just gonna say I did not realize that at all until you mentioned it in our uh, our chat earlier before the podcast. I did not even realize that was Hack. Yeah. Um. Like Paul had a Paul had an idea for Hack. I don't know if we've done the um. The uh, Valley Forge stuff yet or not, whatever. But he always kept Hack around, and Hack was a Baltimore guy, big time mm. Baltimore guy. And Axel trained him. Ian trained him. Very good hand. I loved Hack. He stayed at my house many, many nights. And he didn't want to get beat on TV under that his independent name. So he always carried a mask with him, you know? Smart move. And then he also carried a a different gimmick with him, the singlet. And when Paul asked him to do it, Paul loved it and said, yeah, go with it. And if you notice, he wore an armband on his arm that covered Mm -hmm. up his tattoo that would later on become the Hackmeyer's, you know, tattoo. Right. That was on his arm. Yeah, that that was Hack. And, and you know, me and Hack used to travel up, to, up there together. Like we we lived only twelve, maybe fifteen minutes apart. Well, I know you told me the story on the We Can't Wrestle podcast about how he uh, beat me up, fought, fought, yeah, fought you in his yard, but worked the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that. It's, it was like the, it was. I was. It was one of them. It was one of them. The, MMA fight that I was in that I didn't know that I was in. That nobody <laughs> told me it was a work. And, and then I didn't know that I was at work. And I was like, what am I doing here? Why is this guy pretending to punch me in the head? The guy's just standing there like, give me, he's giving me like work punches in the head. It's like I'm working Florida. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how do I sell this? Is he, just, do, I, do I just 
Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I just fall into the kiddie pool or yeah, what do I do? I, yeah. Do I stumble around when I'm when chase me? The um oh, go ahead, Aaron. I was go ahead with what you're gonna say. I was gonna talk about the, the finish of the match. Well, what I was gonna say is during the match, this this match came off to me, like I said at the beginning of the show, of the obviously Paul sees the reaction that this crowd is having to Tommy and knows that that, that what they're doing ain't working. So he's going he actually starts the match out doing like Greco-Roman shit. And then like maybe 50 seconds, a minute into the match, then he starts doing, you know, they go to the outside. He's putting the oh, guy yeah, in the post. Doctor disaster, the doctor of disaster or whatever falls in his fucking ass when he gets knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> flat on his fucking ass. <laughs> he is not. The ring, he, 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 couldn't, he couldn't work like Hack Myers. <laughs> like he didn't grab the rope or anything. Just fucking full blown falls right on his fat ass. He <laughs> had to work like Fat Myers. <laughs> Come on, cut us some slack. Doctor Disaster looks like fucking Bob Roop singlet with like a shitty oh, come mask, on. superstar oh. mask, superstar mask on. No, not even <laughs> Bob Roop. <laughs> the singlet. Oh no way! Like, when I saw the singlet, I'm like, it's like Bob Roop and the Mass Superstar had a baby. Oh, get out of here! It was Brad begging you, <laughs> yeah, and and the mask was somebody that just worked spot shows for AWA in the in the mid '80s. There was nobody that had that mask. That's not a definitive mask. That was just some guy that Vern said. Vern pulled a mask out from underneath his ring and said, "You put this on, your doctor, your doctor, your doctor X tonight." Yes, that's all that was. And and the mask was blue, and the outfit was red. Oh, a lot of thought went into the outfit, poor hack. But I, I I must have been ratings because you know they mentioned me. Yeah, more than once. They even later on they even just. We'll get to that, but uh. Tommy Dreamer, like I said, I, I I don't know if you guys agree with me or, or what, but this seemed to be like like I said a transition a transition for Tommy or a transition type match for Tommy just to try a new edge for his character to get him over with that crowd because like I said it wasn't working the other way. Um, Tommy does a, 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 a you know the head bite he he's running the guy into the post he's got the cane. Yeah, the Dreamweaver deal doesn't really Fuck work. Fuck yeah, the Dreamweaver. Yeah. Joey Styles says, here comes the Dream, and now the Weave. <laughs> the Weave. And I was like, wait a minute, Dusty Rhodes and Miss Jackie are coming out? <laughs> all right, all right. We're doing a show here. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> the dr- I, when I heard her say Dreamweave, I, I was just thinking like, there ain't nothing wrong. What I was like, his hair. There's nothing wrong with his hair. He's gonna get the dream weave. The guy's wearing a mask. He doesn't even know if he needs a weave. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> All right, Tommy goes over in this match, um, and after that, hey, look, it's another, it's another first appearance here on the ECW TV show. As Mr. Hughes is out for action against a young man known as Mikey Whipwreck. Mikey Whipwreck's first appearance, I believe, on EC. I don't know if this is his first you appearance in ECW. I don't know if it's his first appearance in ECW, but it's definitely his first appearance on TV. Oh, Did you see a great facial expression when Mr. Hughes got <laughs> I screenshotted on the fucking page. Yeah, I saw you, you, had, you had it on the Facebook group. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> argue, argue, argue with me that we didn't have the best jobbers in in, in wrestling. I mean, oh. l- look at them. It, it was me. It was Mikey. It was at the time it was Paul Loria too. Mm-hmm. Donnie and Allen. Then, and then it, it, at at need be we had Stephen. <laughs> we, <had, laughs> we, we had not Mike. <laughs> was, was Dirt Bike Kid there? Well, I'm not going to say that because I think I, I I think he decided to leave at that <laughs> point. But dude, I thought we had the best jobbers in the business. Me, Mikey, and Paul. Like, mm-hmm. look, look at the next couple weeks of television. I haven't even seen it. You're going to see me, Mikey, and Paul all over them. 
<laughs> and then and one of and one of Mikey's other guys. I don't know the other guy's name. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I don't want to dis, disrespect the guy, but I don't know his name. But yeah. Um. Oh, Storm and Norman. That's his name. Yeah, we've seen but him yeah. on the show. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see us getting beat the shit out of all over the place in the, in the next couple of weeks. And I'm thinking like we're better than than um the guys that I don't even remember on NWA Challenge or. You know, mm-hmm. or any of that shows, and and you know, and like you said, you and 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 uh, Mikey, and then you got Donnie Allen. Hey, we got Dwayne Gill here. I know he wasn't well, consistent, yeah. but yeah, I mean, you know, it's yeah, he's got credibility. My, this is much more credible than the Undertaker than... of Jobbers, Dwayne Gill. <laughs> he's the Undertaker of Jobbers. He's the phenom of Jabrones. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I didn't really know that any fucking jabronis ever rose from the fucking ashes. I, 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 until that happens, we'll, we'll save that for somebody else. But there's no way that, that, that Dwayne Gill's rising from the, the phoenix of the ashes. Jobbers. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on from that one. The, mat, the match starts off with Mr. Hughes grabbing Mikey by the ears and then just holding him up by his ears. That was Mikey being good. Mm-hmm. Mikey knew how to put his knees up in, in um, Curtis's ribs and stay there for what? At least three, four seconds? Yeah. Yeah. And it looked, I mean, he could have lost his ears if, if, he did, if, if Mikey didn't know how to do that spot. And he made, he made Hughes look impressive. And Joey, Joey does a good job of making Hughes sound impressive on commentary too, talking about how Lex Luger was so scared of Mr. Hughes. You know, if you can't beat him, join him. He was so scared of Mr. Hughes, he made him his bodyguard. And the Undertaker, you know, he talks about the Undertaker and, and Hughes and the WWF. And uh, good job by not only the guy in the ring with Mr. Hughes, but the guy on the call too, putting Mr. Hughes over as a monster. Yeah, is that like Paulie's the only guy that really ever made me interested in Mr. Hughes. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah. it I took mean, you your whole entire life for somebody to make you interested in Mr. Hughes and his quality? Yeah. All right, well, I mean, I, I wasn't, I, I never was. I, I just <laughs> didn't know that something took somebody something to find you interested. I'm not in saying Hughes. it's the most entertaining thing in the world, but <laughs> when he was in ECW, they presented him as being at least, I, I I don't know how I want to say it. Like when he was in like WCW, he was just kind of a guy. And then he was in WWF. It was terrible. And at least Paulie like somewhat got him over with me as being. He, he uh, was cheap talent. He was cheap talent coming off of a good run. And he was, yeah. you know what I mean? He was coming off of a good run with the WWE where he worked taker. I, I, I don't even know. I mean, I'm not even, I'm, I'm not going to run down his resume because I don't give a fuck what he did. Yeah. He, but he worked Taker and then worked there, and then he was coming off a good run, so he had value. But you can't, if you're going to work for a company like ECW consistently on a weekly basis, you can't charge them your independent rate, right? Yeah. You know, you can't say, oh, "I want, I want eight hundred dollars. I want seven fifty. You can't you can't do that because you're you're only gonna get that one time. So we had to have been working on on a three hundred bucks, you know, salary. If I if I had to guess, that's probably what it was. I mean, does this does this sound right about right? Considering yeah. the economics of uh nineteen ninety three? Yeah, four? you probably got a good payoff first coming in and it was like, Yeah, I'll pay you this, but then if it works out you're gonna you're gonna take a bit of a cut. Yeah, but I mean, if you get over, yeah, and I mean, what's getting over in ECW in 1994? <laughs> Jesus, me that I, 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 I still went to Paul and said I, I need a pay raise. I can't believe this fucking 1472 is not cutting it. It wasn't a stale hot dog. Curtis Hughes is like, hey man, before I got here, there were 600 people in the crowd. I've been here. Three months, and you're up to six oh five. You need to bump me up, brother. <laughs> and I wrestled at six oh five on TBS. <laughs> he was in WCW. He has the Hall and Nash contract. <laughs> favorite if, nations, if favorite nations, nations from Mr. Hughes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure Paul. Made, I'm sure Paul made that contract. <laughs> oh yeah. 
if anybody gets more, if anybody gets anything more than you, <laughs> and, and it's not like anything is in anything as in more than you. If it's if anybody gets anything, anything <laughs> whatsoever, yeah, yeah then <laughs> sure, you you get twice as much. <laughs> We are we are now rolling into the ECW championship match here on this episode of ECW. It is the ECW champion Terry Funk against one half of Bad Company, Pat Tanaka. And I'm going to say... Company sucks. I'm, I'm going to say... Worst, worst company I've ever not worked for. <laughs> I'm gonna say a lot of negative things in this show about Pat Tanaka, and <laughs> and the, and it's it's not it's not necessarily to shit on Pat Tanaka. It's just in this because t- I'll be honest, and 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 you may disagree with me, Chad. I was a fan. I was actually the most the time I was most the fan of <coughs> Bad Company was when they were the Orient Express and the WWF, and and I know that's. You know, a lot of times people always think that uh, the worst of people when they were in the Federation as far as territories and stuff go. But I thought that they did a really good job as the Orient Express of the WWF. They had good matches with the Rockers. They had uh, – I, I liked them as the Orient Express. Here in ECW? No. No. <laughs> Negative. I'm not going to have – Remember when Paul Diamond was a junkie in Memphis? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they had that name where he's going on TV telling the kids to stay off drugs because he was addicted and all this other shit. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to blast any, any of the two. I knew Pat was going through a bad time, but I agree, Nate, that uh, Pat at one time was a fantastic bumper. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, who, who wouldn't you want? I mean, name another guy besides Bobby Eaton that you would want to come in and feed for a hot tag. Right. You know, in a hot tag match than Pat Tanaka. No, because he would he would do that inside out. He would do that flip bump, everything. And this was just no. Yeah, it, it's it's either it's either a matter of these guys are at the you know, the the what do you want to say, the crescendo, the end of their their working or they're just working here and just phoning it in and don't give a shit. You know, I mean, either way, no, I think, I think it was Paul Owen money. Okay. <laughs> it, it was, it was Paul Owen them money and they just weren't doing anything. Uh, we're not doing nothing. Uh, that's what I think. That That's what a lot of things came down to back in the day. That, that's, and, and I think this was the start of it because Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka, come on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, we haven't got a Tully Blanchard yet, for Christ's right. sake. Right. And and Tully Blanchard's way fucking way above Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond. Mm-hmm. That Paul that that Paulie's having financial issues with Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka. You know, the WWE's got TV tapings of White Plains. <laughs> Why don't you guys hop in a car and go do jobs? You know? What are you yeah. fucking around here for? Well, they're definitely fucking around here. Um, and Terry Funk and Pat Tanaka on paper should be decent, but it really isn't. Um, as much Rough as I head. like, as much as I like both guys, um, uh, Funk starts off the the uh, the match babbling at <laughs> at Paul Diamond to go away. Essentially, you need to go away. Said, You're not even a wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> you're not even a wrestler. Yeah. Paul Diamond's yeah. standing on the fucking floor, looking like a schlub. Like, eh, I guess you're right. Here you are right. He's wearing a Hooters dress. Like, <laughs> like he's at work on a part-time job. You're not even a wrestler. <laughs> you're right. Not yet, but when I get off at seven thirty, I'm coming down to the arena. <laughs> me, me and Patrick <laughs> during during the match, which again, not there. There are some spots in the match, but not a lot. Um, and when did um, when did Kevin Sullivan cut this promo about Pat Tanaka's dad? Like, I don't remember ever seeing it. We didn't. I think they made it up. I think he did it in like fucking eighty eight and Continental. Seriously, I, I'm not kidding. I think he did it in like eighty eight and Continental. 
<laughs> Joey Styles is like, we're digging up some old stanky heat here <laughs> for this altercation. We want to put Pat Tanaka and Kevin. We don't Sullivan have a beta player, so we can't show it to you, but we'll talk about it. Dude, you, you, you two fucking idiots wait till I tag you in the fucking continental clip when I fucking find it and I tag you in it. And I go, he's going to tag Pat Tanaka's father, Duke fucking whatever his name was. Kiyamuka? Was it Kiyamuka? Yeah, whatever Duke, his name was. I think it's Duke Kimuna. Duke Karaoke. He's going <laughs> to tag Duke him in it. That's better what I wrote. I wrote Duke Muda, but Duke... <laughs> It's the great Dookie Muda. <laughs> great Dookie Muda. But I think I think Duke Karaoke's much better. <laughs> he's got he's got to sing Sweet Caroline for the moonsault. What do you mean? He's the the great karaoke Muda. What what is that? All? What what do you mean the great karaoke? It's a triple jump moonsault, and every time he hits the rope, they go da da da. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> No, now you now you just now you just talking nonsense. Jeez, <laughs> the, bad, the bad breed and tiny tunes get involved. Yeah. What why don't we do a podcast not about wrestling? Because <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it's funnier. <laughs> call it off the rails. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> Did you see that black guy walking down the street today? <laughs> Unbelievable <laughs> on my street. He looked at me and he said, 37 years in the business, and they call me Bobo Brazier. <laughs> See? There you go. We we now okay, bring it back. Dude, the show's we, over. <laughs> the, the ECW show's over. <laughs> and we probably been canceled too, but that's fine. As Aaron said, Terry Funk's um you good men come out the rottens and then taz and... i didn't even see that nate well, i only saw ian did anybody else actually see axel because i only axel saw was ian. out there axel was he was brawling with him in the in the he was beating up paul diamond in the um entrance way or whatever but um, Ian's the one that actually got up on the ring which was impressive for him kill <laughs> <laughs> <Yell at> me <laughs> taz and kevin sullivan are also out I believe Taz had a was it a manhole cover? I don't, I don't know what the hell that was, but it was huge. Um, and um, then Terry Funk through all this chaos gets it a was roll. Up. Pizza pan. <laughs> the man is gone, and they're using his pizza pan as a as a weapon. Because I, I, I don't think we're going to see any more Sal in ECW. Well, that's the problem, you. That's what's the matter, me. No, yeah, we got we got to figure this out, you. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Funk gets you. Terry Funk gets Pat Tanaka with a roll up, and um, now we go to Maddie in the house. Oh, come on! Do we have to go to the? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, when when did when did Pat Tanaka really become awful? Here was it? Was it at this? <laughs> At this time frame, I th- I say yes just because bef- I saw the the Orient Express in WWF, which I liked him in in the WWF, and then the next time I saw him was here. So I don't know what he. I honest to God don't even know what he did in between the WWF and ECW. I don't no, know if he just drugs. dicked around on the. In- <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I don't know if he got- dicked around on the indies or. I I have a great I have a great thing written down for um, Paul Diamond where I really just wrote like after watching Tanaka do all the fucking bumping and do everything and I wrote Pawn Diamond like he was just there to get the fucking to finish yeah and I'm thinking like this is garbage yeah it's like it was a complete he did like a complete like 360 like last week he was fucking lighting it up. And like that six man match, he was fantastic. And then in this one, he's just the shits. He just does nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but dude, dude, he's 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 about to drop a fucking name. Yeah, that uh, I I wrote down I wrote down before he even said it because I said I I, I didn't know honestly, Aaron and Nate, I didn't know that we were building up to this show. I've, and I I've... said when when Tanaka was sitting there looking all stupid. 
and looking all like he well, he was high earlier in the day, and and I, I was just like, and, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna find somebody. I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna dig deep. I'm just thinking, like, really, you know, I don't know how how's this gonna work. And then when he says when he says the name, before he says the name, I write it down on a piece of paper, and I will show it to you. And it's right there. Mm-hmm. And I said, there's not another name you're going to put on that paper than that fucking guy. And then I realized Pat Tanaka was the guy that's bringing the chic mm-hmm. in ACW. <clears throat> of all people. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, nobody else could do it. We, ha- we have, we have, before we get to that, we actually have a, like nobody I said, Maddie in the out. house is with Polly. They're talking about 911. And it looks like Jake Roberts got stung by bees. Like if you look at him, he looks like a like Jake Roberts is allergic to bees and he got stung and he, and, and he fucking ballooned up because of the allergic reaction. Like Jake Roberts in the nine one one are like very similar in their hair and their like, mustache and he's like it's like Jake Roberts if he was shaped like his own dad. Yeah. Yeah, so he might be uh he might be he might be a product of Grace Smith on his road trips. You guys are fucking weird. I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. <laughs> I think he looks like a fucking a big, just gigantic guy that just has a mustache. <laughs> and, and you guys are you guys are talking about him and Jake the Roberts' dad all mixed together. And <laughs> I, I don't think I don't I don't think any of that. I think nine one one just looks stupid. <laughs> I mean. But in 1994, let's be honest, it worked, right? I mean, how long did it work? It worked up until what? What, 96? Mm-hmm. Is that and when I, it worked? I, well, after the promo, they show once again Chad getting choke slammed by 911 from last week because I'm a ratings grabber. Yes, absolutely. It made an impact. And so, next up, and this is going to get to our closing thing that we talked about with the Sheik. We have Taz and Kevin Sullivan supposed to face Dwayne Gill and Donnie Allen. And uh, Dwayne Gill and Donnie Allen just passively let Bad Company take the match. Like, there's not even a dispute. (laughs) Bad Company walks out, they're like, we're taking the match. And and Donnie and Dwayne are like, all right, we're going to get some nachos. So that's how that goes. Hot dogs. There's no nachos here. Not yet. ECW ain't in the nacho money yet, right? It ain't the garden. Yeah, <laughs> melted cheese is expensive. <laughs> well, that being said, um, this becomes an impromptu match between Bad Company and Sullivan and Taz. Like I'm barely paying Terry. You think I'm going to buy Velveeta by the pound? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I I have a I have a, a what a, an observation here that you oh. guys might you guys might yeah you guys might think I'm. I'm out of left field here, but usually, usually matches turn into a brawl. This is a brawl that turned into a match. Like they started this thing out as the brawl, and then it just turned into a, for a while a scientific wrestling match. Well, the referee just tied the tag ropes on the side of the thing, and everybody just went to their allotted sides, and they didn't know it's what they were used to. I felt burned in it. So you just. <laughs> you just beat me with a man. <laughs> you just beat me with a manhole cover. Yeah, now they let's start fighting, and then all of a sudden the referee ties the tag ropes in. So you and can they're like hammerlock. We get, we got to go to a hammerlock now. Muscle memory, man. <laughs> I don't know that 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 last part of that show. I even wrote. I don't know what the fuck's going on. But Paul somebody Diamond. did a nice bulldog. I wrote. I don't know. Who did it. it was Paul Diamond because I wrote it down too. He does a nice bulldog off the second rope, I believe. Yeah, what the um, fuck is he still doing there? <laughs> when does these expired? <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty. The, <laughs> the match ends with a roll-up by Paul Diamond on Taz. And then Taz and Kevin Sullivan do what didn't was not not an effective spike pile driver on Paul Diamond. What do you mean? It, it, it almost killed him. He's in the hospital. <laughs> still? <laughs> To this day, I, I don't think, Aaron. I don't think he's still there. I, I I think that's fictitious. I don't. I don't think that he's still there. 
Which hospital? Is it a Montreal hospital? Yeah. Oh, we're not going to believe that. Universal healthcare, man. It takes a long time to get checked out. Yeah, our people in Canada, they just, they just live in hospitals. Hey. <laughs> yeah. That, I, that, I didn't know. Um, at first off, guys, I didn't get it. it. It took me a little while to get it. That I didn't realize that they were doing a, a write-off angle with mm-hmm. Paul Diamond. With the with the stretcher, no, you know what I mean. Carry them all gimmick, and I was like, "What the fuck? That was terrible." It was. It was bad. It was bad. It was really bad. And then after the fact, they go to Joey. Suppose well, he's on the phone with Pat Tanaka, and Tanaka's supposedly at the hospital with Paul Diamond. And then Tanaka is like giving us a play-by-play. He's like, "Ah." They're asking him his social security it's, it's number. It's not even good play-by-play. Play. He says, I don't know how he's doing, Joey. I just know he's not doing good. Well, you do know how he's doing, then, you fucking idiot. Well, not and, then good. He's like, and then he's like, what's his social security number? Like, who's he asking that to? Yeah, who the fuck's that? Why are you putting that, that thermometer in his butt? And it took forever. <laughs> they, they said it took forever for the EMTs to get there. But when uh, Pat, when, when... The public enemy attacked the battery. They just said, "Yeah, we're at the arena," and they're like, "We're on our way." It's like, well, last like three weeks ago, you guys knew exactly where to go. And this is <laughs> an idea. Uh, I I just love that they asked for a social security number. <laughs> like, I'm Canadian. I don't have one of those. <laughs> like, how much you want to bet Paul was buying fucking plane tickets that whatever number was being spit out, Pat Tanaka down and Pat getting Tanaka's plane tickets. A- Pat Tanaka's at the hospital going, get my friend some help. My father was Duke Karaoke, and we need assistance. Yeah. Like, like you know the story about Bubba, right? Going to the airport to pick up, like, funk and shit? No. That he goes to the airport, and he is, and he, and he calls, he calls uh, Paul, and he asks him for the um, flight number. And Paul, Paul just goes, like, 0973456792. And Bully writes it down. And then he looks at it and he looks at the numbers and he goes, that's too many numbers. And then he realizes that it's bullshit. That, 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 he, he, that, uh, he, it's not his fucking flight number. <laughs> and he had to either, he either had to fucking pay for Carrie's flight on his own ticket, you know, or how, however mm-hmm. they did it, you know, I don't know how they did it, but you know what I mean? That he's standing there going, you gave me like too many numbers. So wait, Polly didn't Polly didn't even pay for a flight for Terry Funk. No, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like of all people, of all people, <laughs> you pay for Terry Funk because I'm I'm assuming that he thought somebody young like Bubba at the time would have fucking just put his credit card up on it, you know, <laughs> and just paid for it. My ne- that's that's insane to me. My next my next observation here before we oh man. All right. Diamond is telling Pat in the hospital, don't get mad, get even. Okay. So we have Pat Tanaka riding to the hospital with Paul Diamond. Paul Diamond's still checking in, obviously, because they're taking his temperature and giving him an ice pack or whatever and asking for his information. And in this time, which what, maybe fifteen minutes, Pat Tanaka booked the chic. Jesus Christ. That's that's quick. It's fucking quick he got the sheik on the line. <laughs> I mean if I mean if your pat if your fucking father is the king of karaoke, <laughs> I mean I guess, one, man. I guess you can get the sheik. I don't know. I mean maybe he got Dushy. <laughs> uh, or La <laughs> Freak. Maybe we heard it wrong. You know, it could have been anything. The sheik. You know, we, Le, we, Le Freak. That's funny. Is that what it is, Le Freak? Yeah, maybe Le we got. Maybe we heard it wrong. Maybe he got them to do it. The Sheik is going to be teaming, apparently, with Pat Tanaka on February the fifth, nineteen ninety four, at the night the line was crossed to take on the ECW Tag Team Champions, Kevin Sullivan, because apparently Kevin Sullivan ran away from the state of Florida when he heard he had to wrestle the Sheik. Oh, uh, all I can tell you is this match is terrible. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Pat Tanaka 
and the Sheik versus Taz and Kevin Sullivan. It's, it's like a fever dream. Like you're really sick, and that's like Jesus. that's what your fucking brain would put together because it's too hot and doesn't know what's <laughs> going on. It sounds like something if you if you call in to work tomorrow, you tell me you're not feeling good, and they go, "Why? What's wrong?" You just send them that. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this thing. Look at this. You tell this me why, why why I should feel like I'm coming in. Look at them. They're not doing anything. They're doing nothing. All right, guys. <laughs> Overall, they're all five two. They're all five two and just stumbling around. Yeah, no fucking idea what's going on. They're all five two and stumbling around. <laughs> we got we got so many names for this show. They're all five two and stumbling around. Just look at them. <laughs> It's Memphis. <laughs> it's the Lollipop <laughs> Guild match here in ECW. Aaron, overall, what kind of a rating did you give this episode of ECW? Uh, I gave it a C because it was ridiculous and I enjoy ridiculous shit. It was fun. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and it's, I mean, as much as we can say negative about it, it's better than what we were watching six months ago and it's progress. And Oof. yeah, I know. <laughs> but <laughs> you have I, I to pour the. I can't get you that. To, I can't get that ink back for my. Bed. You have to pour. You have to pour the foundation sometime, and I think that that I actually gave it a C, also, just like Aaron did, just because I didn't completely hate the show. I thought that the, I thought the Tanaka thing at the end was stupid. It was just it. it the angle didn't work for me. And and it 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 again it moved too fast I guess I, I don't know and I know they're trying to get to their show on February the fifth and probably some shit went down with Paul Diamond or whatever but it it felt very rushed and was not well executed but I like the rest of the show I you know I I just in general like I said I, I say I agree with Aaron I say a C uh, is it my turn yes sir oh boy <laughs> um. I gave it a rating. Progress. That's pretty much all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I rated it. <laughs> I, I looked at it and I said, I mean, I said, yeah. <laughs> it was there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw it. I, now, I, I gave it an acknowledgement. <laughs> yeah. I picture that. I picture that. The I don't know. A, this show no. got a participation a tro- trophy. Uh, I, it, it got an acknowledgement. I picture that gif with the guy with the beard when he like looks to the camera and gives a little nod. You know, that's what I picture Chad doing to this show. Just giving it a little nod. From Jeremiah Johnson. Yes. Yes. It's below honorable mention. I just said, yeah, you know. Mention. It's just mention. that I saw it. There's no honorable to it. It's just a mention. Yeah, feels right. like when my, it feels like when my dad would when dad would would watch me do little league. He's like, "Yeah, you were there." Yeah. <laughs> Stunk it up. Stunk Good it job. up. Good job. Good job. Look at my ball. awful third baseman. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, T-ball. Good job. <laughs> That's why we have right field. <laughs> Well, that being said, any parting words, guys, for this week on Reliving the Extreme? I just, we got an hour out of it. And that's yeah, as, as per usual. And I appreciate everybody listening through it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you to everybody for listening to the Reliving the Extreme. And that being said, I would like to just do a cheap plug here. If you're not already, please check out WrestleNet Radio. Um, it is available in the Google Play Store for a download to your Android phone, or we do have a link in the WrestleNet Radio Facebook page and the WrestleNet Radio Facebook group that you can put it into Safari on your Apple browser because Apple are assholes and still have not approved the app. But anyway, it is 24-7, 365. There are episodes of Reliving the Extreme, We Can't Wrestle, the Asylum Wrestling Podcast, 
and many, many more shows. Archie does his own show. If you smell what the Arch is cooking, we're doing a 25 years ago pro wrestling news show on the uh, show. Also, David Gold with Maximum Gold. I know Aaron and Chad are talking about doing a Portland show. A lot of shit going on with the WrestleNet Radio. And, Which I just, uh, I just got to sit down today because I haven't had a day off for like 14 days in a row. And I got to put in my first Portland DVD and I put it in. I'm like, oh, Magic Man. I didn't know that was going to happen. Fuck yeah. <laughs> the the DVD the 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 song that plays as you're trying to pick your match that you want to watch is Magic Man. I was like, that's fucking tight. I like that. I, I, I didn't make that shit, Aaron. I know you didn't, but I'm just saying. Like, I, want, I want to finish the song before I pick a match because that song's well, go awesome. get go get a guitar hero. <laughs> what the fuck? Bang bang jiggy 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 bang What the fuck? <laughs> Watch the fucking match. Dumb, dumb. <laughs> I did. I watched three of them. But I'm just saying, like, oh, Magic Man, that was unexpected. <laughs> Buddy Bros and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week for another edition of Reliving the Extreme. It's always a blast with my brother, Aaron, and my brother, Chad Austin. And we Follow will see you all. Twitter. Yes, sir. What's the handle? I don't know. Whatever. Or you follow me on Twitter. Find Chad on Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I'm so, I'm soon verified because you know my coordinate message. Hey yo. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week on Reliving the Extreme. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>